This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, welcome back for episode 14 of the Destination Debbie podcast. I'm your host, Ray Garvin. You know where to find me on Twitter at RayGQ. Make sure you're following the show at Destination Debbie as well. Boy, oh boy, do I have a show lined up for you today. Ask and you shall receive. A lot of people have been hitting me up asking for me to do a Debbie running back tier show. I did a wide receiver one a couple shows back. I believe that was episode 11. Check that out. But today I'm going to to dive into my Debbie running back tiers. Now I'm only giving you two, but it's quite lengthy and, and we, we've got a lot to discuss, a lot to break down. So there will not be a Debbie freshman preview this week. I'm not even going to mess around with news and notes. I mean, college football season is right around the corner. We'll have plenty of time and episodes to talk about relevant news, Right now, it's just fall camp. Kids in there, some not practicing, some are. Quarterbacks leaving, stuff like that. Nothing very, very interesting. You know, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, there are, there are players committing, but a commitment means absolutely nothing until they sign their NLI, the National Letter of Intent, which won't happen for some months from now. So all those commitments are cool, but they can all, they, they'll, they'll flip and inevitably it happen every single year. So not even going to waste time with news and notes today. We have to get in to these running backs and some of the players that I'm going to, to mention today. I'm not really going to go in depth with them. Uh, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Taylor. I've all done shows really, really diving into those guys' game. Very detailed. Episode 7 was DeAndre Swift versus Travis Etienne. Episode 12 was Jonathan Taylor versus Eno Benjamin. So those four, they will be mentioned early, and then we'll go ahead and move right along. If you want more detail on those prospects, then please go back and check out those shows. But we cannot waste another second. Let's get this show on the road. All right, let's get this started. Tier 1 Debbie running back prospects. Now, just a reminder that when you do these tier groupings, these tier rankings, what you're saying truly is that if either of these players or if any of these players were to fall to me at my particular position in the draft and I needed this position, I would be just fine with having one of these however many guys are in your tier. Now, for me, the first name that I mention is probably like the top dog that I'd want within that tier. You know, you can have rankings inside a tier. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If, if you've got your tier one guys, your tier two guys, and you want to rank them inside the tiers, absolutely. For me, what it will most likely boil down to is landing spot where they're actually drafted, 
Um, when they do matriculate to the NFL, their opportunity situation. But by and large, for the most part, everybody within this group, they're of a similar ranking for me. And I would be just fine with having any of these guys. But kicking it off with the first person that is in my tier one Debbie running back rankings is DeAndre Swift, rising junior, University of Georgia. For me, he is a blue chip prospect, TDT, three down threat. What a blue chip prospect is for me is an individual who once is drafted from the time they step foot on an NFL practice field right after the draft during rookie minicamp, they should command at least a a starter's workload, starter share of the targets. I mean, they're going to produce running back two, wide receiver two numbers from day one, or at least have the opportunity to produce running back two or wide receiver two numbers from day one. And DeAndre Swift is that type of prospect for me. He is a blue chip Debbie running back prospect. I said TDT. Again, three down threat. He can do it out of the backfield, uh, running in between the tackles, running outside of the tackles. He can do it in the receiving game out of the backfield. You can line him up as a slot weapon. He does not have to come off the field. He's a shorter running back at five foot nine, but he is not a small running back. You know, he's listed over 215 pounds. I've seen some sites list him at 220. He is thickly built, compact running back, but he is not a small player whatsoever. DeAndre Swift is a phenomenal talent. And if I had my pick of the litter, he would be the first guy that's off the board for me. Now, again, talked about him more in depth in a previous in a prior episode, previous episode, episode seven. Check that out, um, as well as the next guy that I'm going to talk about, Jonathan Taylor. He is also a blue chip prospect for me. Um, he's not a TDT yet. He's not a three down threat yet. I believe he has the capability to do that, but we have not seen it in college whatsoever up to this point in his career. You know, he's a very, very explosive runner. A lot of people look at Jonathan Taylor and think he's sort of a grinder. He's far from that. I mean, this kid has, has track speed. He ran track in high school. He's been timed, you know, take it with a grain of salt at a 4340. I don't think he's that fast, but anywhere, you know, mid to high 4-4, low 4-5, that's moving for a running back who's over 220 pounds. So Jonathan Taylor, tier one Debbie running back, as well as Travis Etienne, another blue chip prospect. I've got three blue chip prospects in my Debbie running back rankings at this point right now, and he's the last of the three. And as much slack as Etienne has received over the past month and a half, over his receiving prowess or lack thereof, he is still a dynamic runner. Contact balance, explosive, explosive speed. I mean, he he's a phenomenal running back. He just lacks that pass-catching acumen at this point in his career. Not saying that he can't develop it, but you know, he 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 has to show us a little something. And I just don't think he's gonna have the opportunity to do that in college. Why would Clemson throw him the ball when they've got the Twin Towers on the outside? They've got Frank Ladson. They have Joe Nada. They have a slew of other talented wide receivers. I just don't see why they would make that a focal point to throw Etienne the ball. But outside of that, I mean, running it, he, he is a dynamic athlete and he should be comfortably in a tier one running back rankings. He is a blue chip prospect, and I would have uh, no problem having ETN on my team. What was interesting is I, I posted a poll 
the other day on Twitter, would you rather have Travis Etienne or Melvin Gordon? And it seems like the market has corrected itself, but for a while it was overwhelmingly in favor of Travis Etienne. DeAndre Swift, I did one for him as well, and he has won that poll. Uh, DeAndre Swift versus Dalvin Cook, so a lot of people. And I purposely left out is that dynasty value as prospects. I just wanted to leave that open to interpretation because I don't think I don't think as many people are truly scouting this early as maybe some crazy folks like myself and other Debbie dynasty analysts. So, you know, this is probably based off of what their perceived dynasty value is for these players at this point in time. Did one for Jonathan Taylor as well. Jonathan Taylor versus Nick Chubb. Their games remind me of each other so similarly, but Nick Chubb has run away with that one. And the last guy that I did a, a poll on was Eno Benjamin versus Marlon Mack. And it's that one is pretty tight. It looked like uh, Marlon Mack edged him out. But Eno Benjamin is a tier one Debbie running back for me. Arizona State commanded a, a a massive workload as a true sophomore, does it out of the backfield in the receiving game, can run between the tackles, shows very good lateral agility, receiving acumen is there, you know, the high volume, he and Jonathan Taylor, they, they touched the ball a ton, which, you know, is concerning. Uh, Benjamin is not a 220 pound back like Taylor, but he is a tough runner. Concerns over his long speed, and we'll see what he does at the NFL Combine. You know, it's reported he's about a 4'6" which is not, again, a death sentence. I believe Kareem Hunt was a 4'6 runner. I don't know what Le'Veon Bell ran coming out of college, but he was also much bigger than Eno Benjamin. But neither here nor there. Eno Benjamin, Tier 1, Debbie running back. Now let's talk about somebody who is not receiving the credit they deserve, and that is Keyshawn Vaughn, the redshirt senior out of Vanderbilt, 5'10", 220 pounds, Man, this guy is explosive, and you know he isn't one of the more well-known names, but he should be. Played running back in the SEC and had a fantastic junior season last year. 12 games, 1,244 yards, averaging damn near 8 yards a carry, 7.9 yards per carry, 12 TDs, also caught 13 balls for 170 yards and 2 touchdowns. Vaughn is explosive. When he was coming out of high school in 2015, part of the 2015 recruiting class, he was the 24th ranked running back in that class, was a 4-star prospect. And the numbers that he put up in high school were absolutely ridiculous. Back-to-back seasons with over 2,200 rushing yards his junior and senior year. Vaughn is explosive. Vaughn has uh, quickness. He is a big play threat. He is a very, very good pass blocker. I mean, he can do it on all three downs. Last year had a 31% dominator rating. He was the guy. You know, started out his career at Illinois was there, transferred to Vanderbilt, had to sit out a year. But on his career, I mean, he's got 38 receptions in his career, over 300 receiving yards, over 2,200 yards on the ground. He is truly home run, game-changing type running back. It's, I mean, you can see it. It is evident by his yards per carry and when you watch his, his game on film. In 2018, he had 11 runs over 40 yards, which was outstanding. And in the SEC, you know, that's like the triple A breeding ground for the NFL. You know, the next closest running back in that conference had just five over 40 yards. And what's even more crazy about this stat is seven of those 11 runs over 40 yards went 60 plus yards. I mean, Vaughn has legitimate home run ability every time he touches the ball, yet 
He's got that prototype NFL body build, 5'10", 222, and he's mature. You know, I, I know he was a part of the uh, 1996 recruiting class, and he's going to be 50 years old as a rookie. That is sarcasm, people. He is He's an older prospect, a redshirt senior, but he's not that old. But, you know, when, when we're looking at running backs, all I'm trying to get through is that first contract. If he's a first-round pick, it's a four-year deal, fifth-round option for the team. If he's anything other than that, you're looking at a four-year, three-year deal. And I believe that Keyshawn Vaughn for four to five years as a as a starting NFL running back is going to return phenomenal value of where you can get him right now in Debbie startup drafts. And I'm telling you right now, this guy, he is going to go under the radar in your dynasty leagues because people don't watch Vanderbilt, but they've got actually some really good Debbie and dynasty potential on that Vanderbilt Commodores team. Keyshawn Vaughn, tier one running back Debbie prospect right now. All right, now we move on to tier two of these Debbie running back rankings, and I'm pretty sure a couple of you noticed a couple of uh, omissions. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, maybe my guy Chuba Hubbard not mentioned in tier one. Listen, 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 listen. It is early. This is preseason type stuff. I will be doing a midseason review to these rankings. I will be doing an end-of-season review to these rankings. There will be a pre- and post-combine re- I mean, this process is ongoing. It doesn't stop. And just because somebody wasn't mentioned in Tier 1 does not mean that they are not very talented runners. That does not mean that they won't turn out to be very good NFL running backs. This is just based off of the data and information that I have right now presently available to me. And I really want to talk about Cam Akers. He is, you know, as polarizing as LaVisca Chenault is at the wide receiver position, Cam Akers is equally as polarizing from a running back standpoint because he is such a talented, talented athlete. I think he is exactly that, athlete playing running back, learning that position. The skills and the things that he can do on any given play I mean, they're undeniable. There aren't many running backs in college football who can do some of the things from a physical gift attribute as Cam Akers. He just hasn't been able to do it consistently. And a part of the problem was Florida State's horrible, horrible offense last year. And in particular, that offensive line, which just blows my mind with the number of four and five star recruits a team like Florida State is able to recruit for that offensive line to be as putrid and as bad as it was in 2018. And it does not look like it's getting any better in 2019. But I'll dive into those offensive line stats here in a second. But let's just talk about Cam Akers, the prospect. Five foot 11, 215 pounds, 216 pound running back. I mean, this kid has prototypical size coming out of high school five-star recruit, high five-star recruit. He was the number three overall player in his recruiting class. And for what it's worth, 24-7 sports has him as the number 59 all-time athlete coming out. I mean, some of his collegiate verified numbers, 44440, 4.09 short shuttle, and a 40.6, so 40 inches and six centimeters or whatever the next number means, vertical jump, explosive, explosive athlete. I mean, this guy came out of high school and I mean, he was supposed to be the guy. And early on in his Florida State career, 
He did not disappoint as a true freshman, only had 194 carries, but that went for 1,025 yards, averaged 5.3 yards a carry, seven TDs, and also showed that receiving acumen that we like with 16 receptions, 116 yards, one TD. Sophomore season, watching that team, and I'm not putting it all on Willie Taggart. I'm not putting it all on Cam Akers. I'm not putting it all, I'm putting a lot of it on the offensive line. But dip in production was significant. 161 carries for 706 yards, averaging 4.4 yards a carry, 6 TDs. Did have 23 receptions, which was fantastic, and 2 TDs. But, I mean, that dip in production is what was concerning. And I asked the question on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, can a player be broken? You know, when you watch Akers from his freshman year to his sophomore year, he ran tentative. It looked like he didn't trust, you know, his eyes, his vision, the things that he saw on the field. And a part of that was his horrible offensive line. He was probably worried, worried about defenders earholing him as soon as he got the ball. And I can't blame all of that on Cam Akers, but I also can't ignore the fact that he looked very, very hesitant. He didn't look like he had that same burst as he did as a freshman. And I'm just hoping that he was not broken by the situation that was around him. Now, a lot of people talk about, well, the offensive line was bad. I just want you to know how bad it was because it was bottom of the barrel bad. And I'm just going to go through a couple of stats provided by Football Outsiders. You know I love this fantastic website. If you haven't been on Football Outsiders, go on Football Outsiders. They've got a lot of good data. It's a little confusing, but I'm going to break it down to you in as, as simplistic of terms as I can make it. So, First thing we're going to look at is line yards per carry. And I've talked about this before. You know, this is where the line gets credit for rushing yards between zero and three yards. And they get 50% of the credit for rushing yards of four to eight yards. Anything over eight yards is a highlight opportunity. And all the credit goes to the runners. So where did Florida State rank in that offensive line category in 2018? 130th in the nation, which is like dead last. I think they're 132, 131, 130. They were dead last in the nation as far as creating those line yards for the running back. Now, next offensive line stat, standard down line yards per carry. So this is the raw, unadjusted per carry line yardage for a team on standard downs. First down, second and seven or fewer, third and four or fewer, or fourth and four or fewer. Where did Florida State rank in 2018? In that category, 129th, damn near dead last. Let's just keep on going down the list. Um, opportunity rate, the percentage of carries uh, when four yards are available that gain at least four yards. So basically the line ju- does its job. Give the running back four yards. Where did they rank in 2018? 126th. I mean, uh, are, are we starting to get the picture here? Now on to power success rate, which is the percentage of runs on third or fourth down, two yards or less to go that achieved the first down or a touchdown. So you you just got to power through. You got two yards to go. Get that first down. Get that touchdown. Where did Florida State rank in power success rate in 2018? 110th in the nation. Let's just go for the last one for, for fun. Stuff rate. Percentage of carries by the running back that are stopped at or before the line of scrimmage. So he doesn't even get a chance to do anything. He's just stuffed immediately when he gets the ball. 125th in the country. This offensive line was horrendous. It did Cam Akers absolutely no favors. I am really pulling for this kid in 2019 because he has 
all the physical attributes that you're looking for for that lead three down threat, a TDT. He can catch the ball. He could run between the tackles. He's explosive. He's powerful. He's athletic. I just hope he's not broken. I just hope he's not broken. So right now he's at the top of my tier two running back prospects. I really like his, his, his athleticism, his potential, but man, if Florida State's offensive line continues down the trend that it did last year, I just don't see it getting better for Mr. Akers. And for dynasty owners, for Debbie, uh, Debbie leaguers, I don't know if I'd be willing to, to invest first round Debbie capital in Cam Akers at this point in time. Things can change midway through the season, through the pre-draft process. I believe he's going to test through the roof. I just hope he can put enough on film where scouts and NFL coaches can say there's something there. And he was just a product of a bad offensive situation and not a bad offensive football player. All right, the next running back in this Tier 2 Debbie RB rankings is J.K. Dobbins, the Big Ten runner from Ohio State, rising junior, 5'10", 217 pounds, draft eligible in 2020. He's a complete back. I mean, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. He's demonstrated that early and often in his young Ohio State Buckeyes career. As a true freshman, over 1,400 rushing yards, 7 TDs, 22 receptions as a true freshman. I mean, Kid came on the scene and was like the guy. I thought he had potential to be better than Ezekiel Elliott based off of that freshman season production. And then this sophomore season hit. That's sort of the theme of what's going on today. Just sophomore slumps. You know, he he had more carries. So as a freshman, 194 carries. Sophomore, 230 attempts, but almost 400 less yards. 1,053 yards. Yards per carry dipped tremendously, 4.6 from 7.2, had 10 touchdowns, again showed an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, 26 receptions, 263 yards, and two TDs. Part of that, Mike Weber. Another part of that is they had a Heisman Trophy finalist in Dwayne Haskins slinging the ball over the field and turning Paris Campbell and company into absolute stars. But Dobbins, I mean, he's a complete back. I think he's good at a lot of things. He can catch the ball. He's a good. Pa- uh, uh, he's got good athleticism. Runs with power. Um, you know, he broke out early, seeing his 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 age in his true freshman season. He's a pretty good pass blocker, pass protectors can stay in on third downs and protect that quarterback. He just, to me, he lacks that elite speed, that home run ability. Even though you've seen him pull away from some guys, so you just want to see Dobbins kind of pick it up this season. Now that Weber's gone. He should be the guy in the backfield there. I know they've got Master Teague, but J.K. Dobbins has a real opportunity to improve his draft stock as a complete three-down back with that prototypical size. He can easily push his way up into Tier 1 as well. So let's dive into another one of those lesser-talked-about running backs that seems like gained a ton of steam uh, throughout this past spring, and that's Oklahoma State redshirt sophomore, rising redshirt sophomore Chuba Hubbard, six foot one, 210 pounds, draft eligible in 2020, Big question with him is, will he come out? He is eligible as a redshirt sophomore, but you know he may opt to come back for one more season in Stillwater. I'm hoping he comes out after this season because he is a TDT. He is a three-down threat. Coming out of high school, he's the 23rd best running back according to 24-7 Sports in the 2017 class. He's got true track speed. He, he played football out in Canada, but three-time national champion in the 100 meters, so this kid is explosive and he can do it all. I mean, he had over 700 rushing yards uh, in his first season, actually getting work, 22 receptions for 229 yards. And a lot of people who love Justice Hill, 
If you look at Hill's production his sophomore year, I believe it was over 1,400 rushing yards. This past season, he didn't crack 1,000. And, you know, part of that was because he dealt with some injuries. But another part of that was the emergence of Chuba Hubbard and what he can do running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield. This kid, I'm telling you, he has got so much talent. And he's one of those dark horse candidates that I have for Big 12 Player of the Year. You know, most of the times that goes to a quarterback. You got Ellinger. Uh, Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb, Tylen Wallace, all the, his own teammate, you know, all of these players are going to produce. But Chuba Hubbard is a fantastic running back prospect. And I, I've seen his ADP in Debbie mock drafts rise from, you know, fourth round, third round, fifth round to hell he's going. I've seen him go early second, like second round, first pick in Debbie startup draft. So Chuba Hubbard firmly entrenched as a tier Tier two running back prospect that I would love to have on my Debbie rosters for years to come. All right, now the next two guys both play on the same team. You got Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks, Oklahoma Sooners. Trey Sermon coming out of high school, 12th ranked running back in the 2017 class. Kennedy Brooks, 20, uh, the 16th ranked running back in the 2017 class. Brooks, six foot, 200 pounds. Trey Sermon, a little bit taller, a little bit heavier, six foot, six foot one, 215, 220 pounds, depending on the website. Both of these guys have had pretty good careers so far. And last season, Kennedy Brooks led the Sooners in rushing with 1,056 yards, averaging 8.9 yards a carry, 12 TDs, and he had 10 receptions on the season. Trey Sermon was actually third in rushing. Kyler Murray was second. Sermon had the most carries at 164 carries for 974 yards, 5.8 yards a carry, 13 TDs, and 12 receptions for 181 yards. Both of these guys are sort of, I, I don't want to call them Jags, just a guy, but they sort of are just a guy to me. Sermon seems like the more physical runner. He's the, the bigger back, has shown a little more receiving acumen in his career at Oklahoma. Kennedy Brooks looks to be the more explosive athlete, sort of that home run threat. You see him rip off runs uh, quite frequently uh, last season. And, you know, averaging nine yards of carry is pretty doggone good. Now, granted, it's the Big 12, but still, he only had 119 rushing attempts last season. Of the three runners, he had the more yards and he had the fewest number of carries. Right now, there's a sort of a, you know, uh, I don't even want to call it a dark cloud, but there's some accusations swirling over Kennedy Brooks's head as far as um, some mistreatment of, of females, some maybe mental, mental or potential physical abuse. Not going to get into that. So we'll kind of keep that separate from this conversation. But right now, these are two guys who will probably remain in the tier two Debbie running back rankings. I don't see them moving up to that tier one level. I don't believe that they'll protect test particularly high at the NFL combine. Do I think they'll get drafted? Absolutely. Do I believe that they are deserving of a, you know, third, fourth round, maybe fifth round Debbie startup selection? Absolutely. They'll make a roster. They'll be serviceable backups, maybe have an opportunity to start at some point in time. I think they're both talented kids. The problem with Oklahoma this fall is they've got about five running backs. You've got Kennedy Brooks, Trey Sermon, TJ Pledger. They also have the number one ranked Juco running back in the nation and Ramondre Stevenson coming in this fall, six foot, 235 pound tank. So, you know, there are going to be a lot of carries that need to be divvied up in that Oklahoma backfield, but Brooks and Sermon are two players. Uh, who are comfortably in the Tier 2 Debbie running back rankings. 
So moving on, we got the two Ks, Kylan Hill and Keontae Ingram. Kylan Hill, running back Mississippi State, rising junior this fall, 5'11", 215 pounds. I like him, don't love him, but he's got so much room for growth. He was, you know, right there in between Sermon and Kennedy Brooks as far as recruiting profile coming out in 2017. Last season in 11 games, he had 117 carries for 734 yards, averaging 6.3 yards a carry, four TDs. Also showed some good receiving chops with 22 receptions, 174 yards and four TDs. Playing in the SEC, um, you know, he's doing it against the best competition in college football defensively. Again, like him, don't love him. Tier two, lower towards the bottom of my tier two running back rankings. We'll see how he does this fall. And now Keontae Ingram, rising sophomore, University of Texas running back. The first 2021 eligible running back prospect in my tier rankings. Really, really like Keontae Ingram. I believe that he has the talent the 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 profile, the production to be a true TDT three down threat when he does finally matriculate onto the NFL. In 13 games last year, he had 142 attempts for 708 yards, averaging five yards a carry, only three touchdowns. So he should be due for some positive touchdown regression this fall. 27 receptions as a true freshman. That's fantastic for Ingram. Coming out of high school, I mean, he put up ridiculous numbers in 2016 and 2017. Over 2,200 rushing yards each season, over 30 touchdowns each season, 47 receptions as a junior in high school, 24 receptions as a senior in high school. I mean, this guy is a TDT. He's a three-down threat. Now, this fall, he will face stiff competition from Jordan Whittington, the incoming talented converted wide receiver slash running back, true freshman. But Ingram is a is is six foot one, you know, 190 pounds right now, 195 pounds. I think they've got him listed as. I mean, he looks like a an NFL running back. So Keontae Ingram, firmly in that uh, you know, that that lower part, mid to lower part of my tier two uh Debbie running back rankings, but he's somebody that will definitely be moving up to tier one by 2020. Now, two guys I'm not going to touch on today, but are in my tier two Debbie running back rankings. Najee Harris, rising junior running back from Alabama and A.J. Duckett. I mean, A.J. T.J. A.J. Dillon, T.J. Duckett, who A.J. Dillon running back Boston College. Not going to focus on those guys today because right now where they stand, they really just remind me of two down grinders right now. They've got a lot to show this fall. A.J. Dillon from a pass-catching standpoint. Najee Harris, can he handle the load? Can he show a little more explosion? He's got, the both of them have fantastic size. I mean, they are both very, very large human beings running the football, but I really, really want to talk about somebody who I feel like is not getting far enough credit, far enough pub, not getting enough hype, and that's Washington State true sophomore Max Borgie. I am a Max Borgie fan. This kid is dynamic. He has. Do not label this running back as a satellite back only or as a third down back only. This kid is a TDT. He's a three down threat. He can run the ball between the tackles. He's only going to get bigger. Right now, he's about five foot 10. They've got him listed at 195. So absolutely, he needs to put on some weight. When you can run a 4-3-8-40, which he's been timed at, and when you watch the tape, he is not slow. 
He can run between the tackles, and he's shown an outstanding ability to catch the ball. Now, Washington State's offense, they don't run the ball much. Last year, the feature back, the the, the big play back, you know, the, the leader of that backfield was James Booby Williams. He had 122 carries, and that was the most he ever had in a season running the ball. 560 yards, second most he ever had in his career. 12 rushing touchdowns, but what he did do was 83 receptions. Season before, 71 receptions. 48 receptions as a redshirt freshman. Max Borgie is not James Williams. He is a much better athlete than James Booby Williams. At the NFL Combine, these are some of James James Williams' stats. 4.58 40-yard dash, 54th percentile, 25th percentile speed score, 65th percentile burst score, 64th percentile agility score, I mean, he just is not, he's a sub-athlete. He is a sub-athlete. Max Borgie will undoubtedly test better than James Williams did. And in his true freshman year, he had 72 carries for 366 yards. Not a lot to, you know, get excited about. Eight TDs, averaged 5.1 yards a carry, 53 receptions, 374 yards, and four TDs. This kid is dynamic, and I will look forward to staying up until 1 a.m., to watch Washington State versus Hawaii, just to watch Max Borgie. He's somebody that has moved up tremendously, along with Chuba Hubbard. He has climbed up um, my running back tier rankings, and he's that second guy after Keontae Ingram for 2021 eligible prospects. At this point in time, you've got Zamir White in this uh, Debbie ranking tier as well. He's been fully cleared this fall for, for touches. Georgia's already come out and said that They do not plan on giving DeAndre Swift the entire workload. So it will be the Swift and Heron and Zamir White and James Cook backfield. Really interested to see what Zamir White does in 2019. And a lot of people just are penciling him in as the sort of RB1 in that 2021 class. I beg to differ. I just let's see what he does. If if his talent profile out of high school matches up to what he can do at Georgia, Yes, he will jump Keontae Ingram. He will jump Max Borgie. But those are my three guys right now from that 2021 eligible uh, prospects in my tier two Debbie rankings. And I'm I'm running short on time. So really quickly, I'll talk about some guys in tier three that we have not uh, had time to really hit on yet. But I'll get to all these guys. There's so much time left. But Anthony McFarland out of Maryland, Maryland. Love his skill set. Very, very fast player. I got him listed as a change of pace back. Don't think he's got that requisite size to really lead a backfield on his own, but I like Anthony McFarlane. Zach Moss out of Utah. I've got him as a two-down grinder. You know, 4.76 verified 40-yard dash. Coming off that ACL injury. Really, really concerned about how he will test at the next level. I think he's a better college back than he will be a pro got Jafar Armstrong out of Notre Dame and then you've got those talented incoming freshmen yes they're in tier three right now but damn it they'll be moving up John Emery Jr. Trey Sanders you know players like that Jerion Ely all of those guys will be tier two tier one running back prospects here in the near future but you know for for purposes where we are today where Dynasty and Devi owners are drafting these guys today that's sort of what it's looking like for me right now, my Debbie running back tier breakdowns. If you want a full list of these guys, go over to DLF. I've got all my rankings posted. You know, interact with me on Twitter. We can talk about these guys. You agree, disagree. But I hope this helps for those of you who have been asking, who are taking parts 
in your Debbie startup drafts. Remember, inside your tiers, rank those guys. Nothing wrong with that. You know, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Keyshawn Vaughn, Eno Benjamin, my tier one guys sort of tiered and ranked for me. Blue chip guys out of that group, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne. And when you start looking down the line, there are a lot of talented guys like Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Kylan Hill, Keontae Ingram, Max Borgie. You know, the list goes on and on and on. But use this as a tool like everything else to help set your team up for success. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I hope you've enjoyed your flight. We'll be landing in just a few minutes. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Debbie podcast. I hope you enjoyed this Debbie running back tier breakdown exercise that I did. And remember, this process is fluid. It's going to change. I might change it next week. I might change it next tomorrow. I might change it after the show. But don't worry. If I do, I will let you guys know. You know, I've had some adjustments. I have, I've had some movement. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the show. And I've got a surprise for you. I'm going to be uh, putting out a bonus episode probably Friday or Saturday morning. Got a really good guest lined up. We're going to talk some Debbie. We're going to talk a little traditional dynasty, but giving you two DDP episodes this week. So stay tuned. Got a Ladanian Tomlinson authentic, 100% authentic jersey giveaway that I plan on doing in August. So stay tuned for the details for that show. Man, I appreciate you guys. Leave me ratings. Leave me reviews. Subscribe to the show. Interact with me on Twitter. Man, I can't, can't thank you guys enough. Hey, I'm, I'm out of words. I have nothing else to say, so you know what's next. Drop the music. 